Girl on Purpose Radio, episode number 21. Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose Radio. My name is Vivian Tenorio. I am the former CEO of Signature Flan, turned radio and TV host. And each and every weekday, you are given the opportunity to join me and my amazing guest as we share our spirited stories of our successes, our failures, as well as incredible tips and insights for starting a business and finding fulfillment. We are definitely opening up our playbooks and paving the way for you to take our lead. Thank you for spending this time with me. Now let's get started. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose. On today's show, I have the coolest mompreneur ever. You guys saw her on Shark Tank. Her name is Susan Peterson. She is the founder of Freshly Picked. Yes, those beautiful moccasins that are all over the place. She is super cool and super honest. You guys are going to love this interview. And guess what? She is giving away some moccasins. So stay tuned all the way to the end of the interview so you can get the details on how you can enter that giveaway. Hello, hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose. On today's show, I am thrilled to introduce my guest. Her name is Susan Peterson. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. So you guys may recognize this company name, Freshly Picked, is her company. You guys may recognize it from the hit show Shark Tank. But way before Shark Tank, she was a very popular entrepreneur and spreading the love on Instagram. So you guys have a huge Instagram following and it is growing at rapid pace. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about your company and a little bit about yourself? So I'm Susan Peterson. I am a wife of one and a mother of two. Um, we live in Utah, and I started Freshly Picked about five years ago. Um, when my son was born, I really wanted soft-soled baby moccasins for him, and I couldn't find any anywhere. So I just started, I tried, I tried making it myself, and People, I was already kind of selling online and blogging, different stuff, and uh, the community that I was associated with at that time just kind of went crazy for them, and we started just making moccasins, uh, and that was about five years ago. So you had previously kind of started other things, so you've always kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, like, I would have, like, a store and I would like steal my brothers and sisters things and make them buy them from me. <laughs> like I've always, I've always like kind of, yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur, but, um, I, when, when my daughter was born, um, I, I started, I stayed home with her and I was just kind of selling online and blogging and I knew how to, like, I learned how to list stuff and how to start a shop and then when the moccasins came along, I'd already kind of, I already knew how to move something online. And so it was really actually good timing for me. So were the moccasins just an instant hit? As soon as you put them out there, people started to love them? Or did it take some time for people to find them? Yeah, I mean, it's just like with anything, you really have to put a lot of time into finding your target market. You know, especially when you're selling online, it takes a lot of time to... Um, to get to the people 
who would buy. I mean, it's easy to get attention online. That's easy. But to get attention from the right people, that's a little trickier, I think. Uh, You're a stay-at-home mom with your babies. Where is this business savviness coming from? Because you seem very sharp. Like, you know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Vivian. I I mean, I didn't go to school. I... um, I just really learned a lot of stuff through trial and error, most mostly error and a little bit of trial. Um, I I'm really lucky in that my business grew as my babies did, and I think part of that has to do with I didn't have the time to put to focus on it completely when my children were younger. Um, and then as they got a little older, uh, I was able to put more focus onto it. And it kind of grew at the same rate that they did, so I feel really lucky um, because of that. But I just started small and I started with, you know, there's that quote that I just love. It's like, uh, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And you really just need to start exactly where you are. I always hear people say, oh, my photography is no good. My copy is no good. My, what I'm doing is no good. I need to find my voice. And I just think the best way to find your voice online, either through pictures or copy or even your brand identity is seriously just to get started. You were featured on Shark Tank. Um, yes. Tell us about that experience. So you get on Shark Tank. What is that like? Uh-huh. And how are you feeling after you get off that show? <laughs> Shark Tank is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> it is so crazy. It's, um, well, first and foremost, Shark Tank is a reality television show. And then secondly, it's a closed-door investor meeting. Um, aired in front of 8 million people. So it's a little nerve-wracking. Um, and then uh, because of the nature of reality television, um, the producers, the director, they're trying to get the most authentic and raw you. And so it's kind of a process that you go through, um, whether you're aware of it or not, that they're doing to try to get you to that place. You know, um, They definitely want the best for you. But um, it is a very, it's a difficult journey. It's really difficult. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, And then once you actually get out in front of the shark sea, I was in the tank for about an hour. Um, It is, it was a relief for me because I was like, finally I get to talk about what I came here to talk about. And the sharks were so nice and so warm to me. It was really awesome. And I came off the show on the biggest high and then you have to wait about six months for your episode to air. And so I then, the anxiety and the panic stuck, you know, stuck in because I felt like, oh, gee, like, I don't know how they're going to edit me to look. It could go either way. Um, but I feel like I got a really, really, really good edit, um, considering some of the people who've gone on and haven't gotten that good of an edit. So I'm super happy with the way everything came out from that. And I'm really grateful for the show and for the producers and everything that it's done for me. So what tips, if you knew someone that was thinking about getting on the show or they were preparing to get on the show, what tips would you give them? Like, I know you hear it all the time, but you have to know your numbers. Like you have to not only know your numbers, but you have to know them in any sort of context that could be asked. Because it's it's okay to know like, you know, what your customer acquisition cost is. That's a good number to know. But you need to know it backwards and forwards. And any way that they could ask you, you need to know. I think um, also from what I've noticed and kind of a little feedback that I got, I went on by myself. I didn't take anyone on with me. 
and they really respect women entrepreneurs who go out there and stand up for themselves and kind of don't take either a man or someone else to do the talking for them. And so if you're one entrepreneur, as scary as it is, and it was terrifying, believe me, you need to go for yourself. Was there anything that when you left, you you wish you would have said or covered or any, I mean, you had a great episode, but was there anything when you left that you thought, oh, I should have said that? No, more it was like for five months, me going, why did I say that? What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) It was more regret that way. I really felt like I laid it all out. I mean, we practiced for weeks. We'd have mock sharp tanks. Um, We went in with a very clear and defined plan of not only the things that we wanted to mention, but our negotiation tactics. Um, and that's the other thing is you just have to be prepared. It's one of those things where if you're prepared, then you'll succeed. And if you're not, then, you know, we've all seen that episode where people are prepared. Right, right. Okay. So let's talk about the Kardashians because I know you (laughs) must get this question a lot. Oh, the Kardashians. Everyone, everyone must, must want to ask you this. So Courtney, it was Courtney, correct? Yeah. Courtney. So Courtney puts these beautiful moccasins on Mason and Uh what happens? What, tell us the Kardashian effect. Yeah. So what initially happened, people are always saying, how do you, how do you get in with the Kardashians? Right. Because it's kind of like a brand dream, you know? Um, So we, I had worked with a fashion editor for a magazine who styled our mocks with a shoot um, with Mason and Courtney when Mason was like really young, like six months old or something like that. And now he's like almost six. So he's, he's, or almost five. I mean, um, and then after the shoot, uh, Courtney's assistant actually reached out to me and we've worked like right with their personal assistants ever since both Kim and Courtney. Um, and it has been, really awesome in a couple ways. I mean, a lot of people find us from either the show or their social media accounts. And then um, it also gives, as a brand, I mean, the ultimate is having a celebrity wear your stuff. You can brag about it online. And so it gives us that as well. And it's really just been a dream. And it was amazing. You know, those girls have been so supportive of me. Um, And one of them, Actually, we we've never they've never had to buy moccasins. We've always given them moccasins. But one of them bought moccasins the night that Shark Tank aired. Kind of just was supportive, and it was really sweet gesture and really really awesome. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, they're sweet girls. Let's talk Instagram now because you are the queen of Instagram. Let me tell you, (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm like this woman knows how to just she's doing the right thing over there. So Instagram, a lot of people are, you know, they're Facebook experts, they're Twitter experts, Uh they're Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And you got Instagram, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that one. You have Instagram. (laughs) Tell us the secret. What's the secret sauce to having a following that is just growing at such a great pace like you guys have? I think with all social media, and I've said this before, but it depends who you're trying to target. Um, We try to target new and expecting mothers and Instagram really lends itself to that community. And I think, especially with new mothers, um, I, I'm a mother and I remember getting up in the middle of the night 
and you're breastfeeding or feeding your baby and you're checking your phone and Instagram really lends itself to that one finger scroll. So you can be feeding the baby with the other hand right. and looking online. So I think that's one of the reasons that new moms really gravitate towards Instagram. Um, and there's a couple other reasons, uh, but we, uh, and we have put, I mean, probably two years ago now, I put all my eggs in my Instagram basket, and I feel like it's paid off really good. So the secret for Instagram is just be authentic. I know it seems so simple, but uh, you can read, like, sure, there's good times to post, but then there's always brands or people that I see that break that rule, and they do just fine. Um, And then... Besides being authentic, you really need to invest in taking good pictures. Uh, my pictures from three years ago are a little embarrassing, uh, but I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to work my iPhone and what's a good editing app. And you need to have good pictures. Um, you need to have good copy um, that is the vo- voice and tone of your company. And then you need to not um, you need to not spam people with ads. You need to not say, go here and buy this, go here and do this, go, you know, like people don't, no one likes that anyway. And the rule is true for Instagram too, where you need to provide good content and only do your asks. You know, we try to do um, six days of really good content and then one ask a week is what we try to do. That's a great tip. Do you remember the tipping point at the moment that you hit a specific number on Instagram that things started to really pick up for you? Was there a tipping point? Yes. Um, 10,000 is a tipping point, I think. Um, and, uh, January, 2011, I did a poll with my followers. I mean, we were, I had 600 followers on Instagram at that time. And I did a poll with some of my customers and I was like, what are you guys finding out about us? And I think there was 11 people who filled out the questionnaire and like seven of us had found us through Instagram. And that's huge based on only 600 followers, you know? So I was like, this is, you know, that's 10% of our following or or 1%. I mean, that's, that's big for any sort of ROI on online marketing. I really need to put effort into this. So I made it and I started looking at other accounts and who is successful and what were they doing. And I noticed that once someone got to 10,000, their numbers started to grow a lot quicker. So I committed myself. I was like, I'm going to do 10,000. I'm going to try to get to 10,000 followers before January or before December 31st. And that was, sorry, 2012. I think I said 2001, but it was 2012. And, um, I mean, I worked my butt off. I was, my husband even said to me that year, he was like, I wish you liked me as much as Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but we, I was on Instagram 20. It was, I was doing Instagram like it was my job. And we hit 10,000 um, December 28th of that year. And then we hit 70,000 last December. And now we're at um, 117,000. Wow. So we're growing. You know, you just start to pick up steam, I think, once you get to 10,000. But I've seen people, there's apps you can use where you can get more followers. And I've seen people buy followers on Instagram. And I'm telling you, like, it's just a bad idea. I think that for sure for us and for our business, 30,000 followers, um, and I'm not begrudging the 117. I love it. And we have a really good community. It's just a lot to manage. But 30,000 was great to manage and it was kind of 
um, it's really easy then. And now we have uh, eight brand enthusiasts. We call them brand enthusiasts. And they're in – I mean, we've all seen the Instagram account of the celebrity, and it's just spam and people fighting in the comments and yelling at the celebrity, telling right. them they're ugly. And I look at some of them. They don't have much more followers than me. And I, I was – concerned that that would happen to us so what we have are brand enthusiasts that are in there answering questions responding to people and we 100 percent do not acknowledge we don't feed we don't do anything with bad behavior we ignore it if someone has a legitimate concern about our um, moccasin or those customer service questions we answer all of those we don't delete any negative comments um, unless it's about a child or a person in the picture that's not me so you keep the negative comments out there. Yeah, like if someone's like, hey, I got your moccasin and it fell apart, we keep it on there and we answer them and we say, I'm so sorry, we'd love to work with you, email us and we'll help you out, we'll get you a care or whatever. Yeah, we keep all the negative comments. Because what happens if you delete it, then that person will go, you deleted my comment, and then people are like, well, what did she say? What did she you say? You know what I mean? Right, right. What yeah. Are, what are they And hiding? it makes it look worse. Right. And I'd much rather make it look like well, you know, like my biggest concern with anything we do is does the customer feel like she's a VIP? Mm-hmm. That's how I want my customers to feel. And so if you're actually responding back to someone who put something negative online, it makes them feel like you care about them. And we do. And we want our customers to feel very taken care of. Tell us your biggest business mistake, something that we all make mistakes as entrepreneurs. And there's just, it's just part of it. That's just it just comes with the territory. Things happen. But anything yeah. anything that still kind of stings a little bit? I mean, every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, recently, I – and I don't know if this is specific for women or maybe it's me and my personality, but I sometimes tend to beat around the bush. And I don't – I'm not very direct with people. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So I'll commit myself to things I don't want to do or rather than telling an employee or a vendor, like, no, this is wrong. This is how it should be or even engaging in, like, um, that's not fair. I sometimes will beat around the bush and it ends up always causing more work for me or I end up committing myself to things that I just don't want to do. And so – after really just kind of putting myself through it last year, this year, my goal is to, number one, say no and don't feel bad about it and don't feel like I have to explain myself. And then number two, address things as they come up and don't worry too much about my town. Just do it. Can you tell us your best business decision? Um, let me think. That's a good one. I think... My best business decision, well, I mean, it's a decision that you make every day, but I think, like, as as you're trying to grow your company, keep thinking, like, oh, if we get on Good Morning America, like, that'll be it. People will know who we are. We won't have to work as hard anymore. We would have made it. And I can't tell you how many times I did that with different things. That I mean, like, if we can just get on the episode of the Kardashians, people, and you don't make it, like you're not making it. You know what I mean? Like right. you need to take your long view into account and you need to have some serious goals and you need to like, you need to think like down the road and in the future. And 
little things are going to help you get a lift, but they're not going to they're not they're not going to make your company hard work, determination, and um, you know being like purposeful in what you're doing is going to make your company. And so I think the best business decision for me was um, we brought in. Uh, I, I call him the numbers guy, but he's really good at numbers and running numbers. And we forecasted out three years and we were able to work backwards from that and have like monthly, weekly, daily goals that we are trying to reach every day um, and every week and every month and every quarter. And it just focuses you in a way that I haven't been able to before. And so I feel like that's one of the best business decisions that we made. If you could give uh, maybe a mompreneur or a, maybe somebody that is an aspiring entrepreneur, three tips, what would they be? Number one is hire slow and fire fast. If someone's not working in your company, they don't fit in um, in the culture uh, there. You, you wouldn't trust them to watch $50 for the weekend for you. You need to get rid of them, get them out of there, do it quick, as quick as you can. Don't feel bad about it. Um, I think number two is, uh, be true to your brand. Like, don't worry about this girl who's kind of doing the same thing as you has more followers and is getting more attention. Don't focus on her. As soon as you focus on her, you lose focus on what you're doing and your business. And you cannot grow your business if you're constantly watching someone else grow theirs. You need to focus on what you're doing. Ignore the copycats ignore anyone who you feel like is in the same, you know, areas you just do what you're going to do. And that's where your authenticity is going to come from as well. And then number three, I mean, seek out good advisors. Uh, last summer I formed a board and it was, it's been one of like one of the best things I've done. Um, you, you end up, like in the beginning, maybe you can't form a board and that's all right, but you seek out someone who you respect and get good advice. And people who are always telling you yes, um, maybe maybe that's okay for some things, but you need someone who will kind of ask you like, why are you doing that? Does it make sense? <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Like you need someone who will kind of check you on stuff. So yeah, like find some good um, mentors or bring on a board or just seek out good advice. Those are great tips. So what are you guys excited about now? What is happening over there at Freshly Picked? Oh man, um, we are. I, I'm really looking forward to um, our fall line. We're working on planning it right now, the photo shoots and getting all of it together and getting all of our leather ordered. Um, and then we're also working on... Um, some retail accounts with some big companies, possibly for holidays, but definitely for next year, beginning of next year. And I'm excited to um, introduce more customers to Freshly Picked. I'm really excited about that. Very cool. Thank you so much. You have been super sweet. Thank you for your time. I know you're super busy trying to grow and oh, just stop. explode this business. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. I wish you well, all thanks. the best. Yeah, you don't thank need Thank you it, so but. much for asking me. This has been awesome. Thank yes. you. I'm really honored. So share with the listeners where they can find your beautiful moccasins. Okay, so we're on um, freshly-picked.com. You can find us. Uh, we're freshly picked on Facebook and freshly picked on Instagram as well. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, so that was my interview with Susan Peterson, founder of Freshly Picked, super cool mom, super cool founder. I really enjoyed my interview with her. She is giving away some moccasins to two winners. Stop by my website, viviantenario.com. There in the show notes, you will find all of the information you need to put your name in the hat. Maybe you can win some baby moccasins. They're beautiful. You guys need a pair. All right. So again, thanks for joining me for another fabulous episode. Don't forget to come back tomorrow. All right. Have a good one.